is an impressive crowd, the haves and the have-mores. <laughs> Some people call you the elite. I call you my base. It's always preferable when authoritarians have to show their hands and use force than when they use persuasion because it becomes costlier for them. And just like buying a car, at a certain point, if things become too expensive, they stop doing it. When the costs of anything outweigh the benefits, you stop doing it. And when it comes to politics, the problem is not that government takes too much of our money. It's not that government controls too much of our choices. It is the idea that anybody can have the right to rule at all. Wow. <laughs> you know, listen, the amount of contempt I have for the corporate press, I cannot, like, overstate. They are, objectively, the mouthpieces for war criminals. There's a state of emergency in place in Ottawa where the police chief says COVID protests are a, quote, nationwide insurrection driven by madness. Thousands of Canadians, you see the pictures there, protesting vaccine mandates. It started with a so-called freedom convoy led by truckers protesting a new mandate requiring vaccines in order to enter the country. If you want out of this cage that they've made for you, like we, we got a seat for you and we're waiting here. We want to help you. We want to educate you. We want to teach you. Uh, but like you have to make that choice for yourself. Welcome to Toxic Airwaves. I think that's the new signature is me getting the soundboard wrong right <laughs> off the bat. Another banger of an intro. I love that. Yeah. I, that video of the kids is one of the most depressing and sad videos. Yeah. How that teacher doesn't immediately jump off a bridge. I have no idea. Or, I, yeah. I mean, you just see that how excited they get yeah. not to wear masks. Not even the teacher. Like, what? Like, the principal. I don't know. All those people. They can all jump off a bridge. Yeah, I don't know. This like statism is a horrible religion, and yeah. you know our society has this amazing fascination with cults. Like yeah. we look at like Scientology and you know other cults from the outside, and it's like, what the hell are you guys doing? But fail to realize that the majority of our society is in a death cult. Yeah, which is statism, but. Yeah, that, I saw that video, and it just made me sick to my stomach. You know, it's like these kids are just being tortured. I, I think back to when I was a kid, and man, school in of itself was torture enough, <laughs> let alone having to wear masks and being told that you can't talk to the person next to you when you're eating and, you know, all of this bullshit just getting tortured by yeah. these adults. I mean, Michael Mellis makes this point. Public school is the only place where the vast majority of Americans, you know, I don't know about other countries, but at least Americans would ever experience physical violence. Yep. It is. It is. Well, on the topic of Michael Malice, <laughs> our boy Ephesian calls him part of the loser brigade. I had multiple people of the loser brigade in that intro. He's been so I think my best guess because I do like I do like Michael Malice a lot. My best guess is that he doesn't see a place for himself in anything Bitcoin related, and that's why he avoids it. Because he's like people. Everybody knows Michael Goldstein. He and Michael Malice, or Michael Malice and Mike and and Bitstein, Michael Goldstein, have been buddies for 
like forever. Like Michael Malice 100% understands Bitcoin and probably understood it a lot before um, any of us. Um, so that's my best guess. I don't think that's okay. I think that's disingenuous and shitty and he needs to talk about Bitcoin, but that's my best guess. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me of a topic. Did, I don't know if anybody saw this, um, but I heard it on uh, TFTC with Alex Fetsky that he did a podcast with Catherine Austin Fitz. Who's that name sounds familiar. Who is she? She's a chick that I've played multiple times that's really good about, like, CBDCs and... This oh, like, just knows all about it. But okay. she hates Bitcoin. Is it on his podcast? It's on... No, it's on another guy's podcast. Okay. It's on BitChute. That was the oh. only place I could find it. Nice. Um, but that was pretty interesting. It's I didn't... One, I one didn't, of my favorite websites, anyway. <laughs> I don't know. There's some pretty bad stuff on there. Yeah. Um, I, it's a time investment. <laughs> like, you and I are similar we like to fall asleep to conspiracy theories yeah. um and i was falling asleep to one the other night that was the guy was claiming that john podesta and hillary clinton were arrested taken to gitmo and uh shot by firing squad and john podesta was and hillary oh clinton. yeah they're like that's not true yeah so you, you get so much bullshit on on that site but there's some interesting but you have to it, it's just a bummer because when I'm trying to fall asleep, like I want something interesting that isn't nonsense. And yeah. I, but I don't have the energy to. Well, what's really what's do. strange is it's like I've never invested a ton of effort in like filtering that out. Like for example, the second QAnon showed up, I was like, oh yeah, this is bullshit. Fuck this. Mm. And you know, whereas I don't know, like I'll go down like a crazy rabbit hole about what exactly the moon's made of or something like that. And it's like I don't know, but. I just like, I like learning about all the different stuff and very much, uh, very much enjoy mixing it with, uh, with weed. Yeah. I guess that's fair. I mean, I watch Star Wars a lot. It's not that different. You kind of end up in a fantasy world. Yeah. that's kind of entertaining. Let your imagination go loose. Makes sense. But yeah. So yeah, Catherine Austin Fitz and Svetsky got down to it. Check it out. Pretty interesting. I like her a lot. I mean, I thought I was going to be the first Bitcoiner to that had discovered her and was going to get her on a podcast, but um, she never reached out to me, but that's fine. She, I still like her, but it's interesting. Like a lot of these people, they see a lot of the problems, but they have really shitty solutions. Like it yeah. comes back to, we need to influence the state. <laughs> we need to focus on the constitution. We need to, I mean, she, she's got an interesting standpoint with localized currencies, but I mean, it, you're not going to be able to get away with doing stuff like that unless you break the law yeah. and, uh, well, and it's, the, this whole trucker convoy, like what you guys were talking about before the show, I mean, just proves like sovereign wealth plus sovereign income is the name of the game. Mm. I mean, like for wealth, that's a no brainer. That's Bitcoin. For income, that's probably Bitcoin, but could also be cash. Could be, you know, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I actually know a guy in Texas who his whole thing, and he makes a fuck ton of money. I'm a hundred percent positive he makes more money than I do. Uh, he goes to junkyards, but he just he knows what everything's worth. And so, like, he was telling me a couple of months ago, he was at a junkyard and he sees this uh, window on a ship, and he's like, "Oh, those are worth a lot of money." And so he buys them for like five dollars. 
And it turns out it's this like super specialized window for like a ship. And he flips them for like, I think he said like two grand each or something like that. And he got like 10 of them. Interesting. Um, but yeah, but anyway, so you can also be somebody like that. Like that guy could show up in a random place with a shirt on his back and have some money real quick. Sounds like Nick Foster. Could be. Yeah, I don't know him as well. But So about the uh, the Canadian stuff we were talking about, it looks like Greg Foss's uh, account just got nuked. Isn't he His Canadian? Twitter account? Yeah, I just saw that too. Yeah, I'm yeah. also talking about it. I went, to the, I went to his account and it looks like it's gone. Yeah. That is interesting. You know it's spicy when he's getting the ban hammer. Uh, he may not that. have gotten banned. He may he may actually have taken it down himself. Okay, I was gonna Very say the true. worst the worst thing know. the worst thing Greg Foss does is threaten to fight Dieter Bob. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. Yeah. I, I support that. Yeah. Go. He was going back and forth with Ephesians recently too. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, oh, and he he tweeted out that uh, something about lunch with Nat Brunell that was like just cringe as hell. <laughs> was, oh, I saw that. I like, bro, come on. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even talk about the show title tonight. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, shout out to all the Twitter simps out there. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> the state hates you. Exactly. Yeah. Have the simps been crazy today? Um, I don't know. I don't really. I don't think I follow the people that they follow, so it doesn't show up as much. Dread says, "What the fuck?" Talking about Sims, Dread. What's up? You got any thoughts on Sims? <laughs> so it's a, the topic for Valentine's Day. Um, but anyway, the the actually interesting part. You were saying something about the rush, the Canadian convoy. I would, was it just that that Foss's account got hacked? Talking to me? Uh, yeah, whoever's talking about the that convoy. Yeah, rope. Uh, no, yeah, the no. I was just yeah pointing out that it looked like uh, Foss's uh, shit got nuked, and then you know they basically gave themselves the, like uh, unilateral powers to just seize whoever bank account they want on suspicion, and freeze your money, and all that shit. I mean, if I if I was in Canada, I would be pulling all my money out of the bank right now. Yeah, for sure. At least get every cash. last time. Yeah. At least, yeah. I mean, not like it's much better, but it's, at least you have something. You're not just up shit creek. Yeah. Right. Have they have they changed um, withdraw limits at all? Have you guys heard? I, I imagine they would probably change withdraw limits on the uh, piggybacking on this because I imagine people are going to pull their money out quickly. Yeah. I don't know. I would think a lot of them are, but I think a, a lot of them are still living in the matrix, bro. Like they don't, yeah. they think this is the, this is for their own good. They're, they depend on the system. You know, they can't, they're not re- They're not ready to be unplugged. They don't realize it. They're, yeah. they're, well, they're fine with this. When I say a lot, I don't mean like even the majority or the people in the mass hysteria. I mean like the people they are actually targeting because they're yeah. targeting specific people. They're, they're targeting yeah. the tourists. So like, like freedom I imagine they would be more apt to pull their money out yeah. Um, yeah, or move their money into Bitcoin or something like that. So, and I figure mm-hmm. like with the, the, the extra laws coming down, I imagine part of that would be like uh, withdrawal requirements. Uh, I don't know what the withdrawal requirements were before this, um, but I know that like, 
pretty much every bank and government has them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, those are good points. And BTC Sessions had a tweet today. He said, get on zero has a new meaning now or something like that or has a new meaning today or something like that. It's like, yeah, that's a, that's a good fucking point. Like if you're already on zero, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to start a fight over it. I don't give a shit what you do with your personal finances. Um, but if you're already like close to zero fiat and some, this shit starts to go down, um, yeah, it's good. That's a much better spot to be in. Yeah. Dread says it's unreal to me how fast Canada radicalized. And, you know, realistically, it's not that far of a step from right. where we've been. Right. Like, we've been yeah. in very tyrannical, had a very tyrannical government for a very long time. It's just maybe not as apparent to the average person. And there's um, a direct line from 9-11 to today. I mean, that's that's something I, th- I just think is super important to harp on, yeah. you know, because it's like this was not a public health crisis or whatever that they're responding to. And it's like that, that was another one today. Like somebody said, since when do you need tanks to, you know, like make people healthy or something like that? And it's oh, talking about France. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but just to put this into perspective, we are conditioned to just fall in line and do what we're told. Uh in our entire lives, the majority of people like go through the public school system, which is the majority of people in this country, including me. And we like for since 2000, since nine 11, uh, we have willingly gone to the airports, taken off our shoes, not been allowed to bring toothpaste and water in and getting felt up. Like it, this stuff has been happening for a while. And so going from that with how intrusive that is, as well as all the surveillance bullshit that they've been pulling on us for a long time that everyone is aware of. There's not a single person that's unaware of it. It's not that far of a stretch. It's just like, I I think this is one of the, you know, the problems a lot of people have is that they don't realize how bad it is until it comes to their doorstep. Yeah. Um, But yeah, then there's all all the mindless lemmings on, I'm going to steal this from Svetsky sitting on uh, Mount Stupid that uh, will completely support, you know, their these tyrants until they're in the concentration camps. And even as they're in the concentration camps, they're going to be fighting to support these maniacs um, even until they're lined up against the wall and shot. And that... Yeah, on that note, did y'all see where the, the give, send, go all that money got frozen and now like some hackers like doxed the entire donor list. Interesting. Yeah. Is there a, what, how do you share stuff to spaces? Um, Yeah. You should be able to post a tweet to the nest. Like if you go to the tweet, whatever you want to share and then, uh, click on, yeah, the, the little box with the arrow thing that should give you an option to post to the space. Like to post the meme at the top of the space. Um, I think it has to be a tweet, doesn't it? No, it doesn't have to be a tweet. No, you can. Uh, Don't listen to me. I'm a boomer retard. Here, if you click, <laughs> if you click on the little share button at the top, there'll be a button for you to put in spaces. It says invite via DM or copy link. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, this is what's happening right now. Like when the state shows its true f- face. And it's yeah. not trying to like like Mike like a, the Michael Malice uh, clip I used in the beginning when it shows its true face and they become real tyrants like 
you know, they were in Waco or Ruby Ridge or Kent State, and people see the true violent nature of yeah. the state, and it's not happening a thousand or two thousand miles across the ocean away from them in the name of freedom, and it's happening <laughs> to them. That's like, unfortunately, one of the best things that can happen in you know, exposing this reality because I think like, I mean, this is the case for me up until 2020, I was a classical liberal. Like I believed in the constitution, you know, I was much in line with like most of Hayek's thinking and anarchism didn't really make sense to me until I saw, you know, the true nature of the state and what they were doing to my community and how evil, evil of an institution it was. Um, and it's bullish. Like people are going to, you know, respond accordingly. And I think I was talking a little bit earlier about, you know, how do we fight this? I don't think we fight it with trucker protests. Um, I I don't think what they're doing is bad or necessarily counterproductive, but I think it's dangerous um, and really exposed, but, you know, and, and kind of flawed in strategy. And I think we talked about this a lot. Like the goal isn't to, change the way the state behaves yeah it's to eliminate the state altogether and defeat this religion that is extremely tyrannical and evil um which is statism and and a lot of this just takes time i mean it's like think i mean like just the bitcoin businesses that are around today i mean let's like fast forward 10 years something you know an operation like upstream data just because they're already in canada you know like it's totally first of all uh, in my humble opinion, Steve Barber is uh, Hank Reardon, if you've read Atlas Shrugged, but that's a whole other thing. Um, but it's like totally conceivable. A company like that's going to have thousands of employees, you know, and it's like, like, let's say, you know, the state's still in place. They still have this power. They still have, they're still making laws. They're still in whatever. Like, there's going to be a ton of gigantic, like, the most successful businesses are going to be Bitcoin businesses and Bitcoiner-run businesses and businesses with Bitcoin treasuries and businesses with you know, funds that the government can't touch. And, um, like, those those people, you know, like, the, these things are going to be a lot less of a problem because then it's like, you know, oh, all of the truck companies that are subject to the Canadian government have to enforce vax mandates and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, there's a thousand Bitcoin or truck companies that are like, we don't give a shit about that. Like, we don't listen to that crap. Like, we're, we're come drive for us. You know, it's, there's going to be tons of businesses like that, I think. And there's going to be a lot more opportunity and like the reason it's so painful now is because people don't have that other opportunity like it's like there's a lot of people that it's like you know get the shot or your kids don't eat i i think that's you know definitely a thing um and you know the the main purpose of a protest ultimately is to make noise and, and create media attention yeah to show other people that the same people have your opinion and i, I think the reality is is that as anarchists and, you know, people that have really like stepped outside of this, this bullshit, uh, there are tons of people all around us taking real, you know, powerful action, whether in opting out of the system and people are doing it as a result of incentives. And we have to, you know, have faith that like, okay, like, the immediate gratification, it feels good to go like yell at cops or yell at politicians mm-hmm. or honk your horn or whatever. But 
you know, there's people like really building powerful things. And I, I just don't think we can fight collectivism with collectivism. Yeah. Like it has to be these, the, like we talk in the Bitcoin space, people talk about this decentralized revolution and it's true. It starts by building networks of people that you interact with and truly opt out of the system. It doesn't start with going and demanding that, you know, the politician gives you permission. And, um, I think as that economy continues to grow and like Steve, you're talking about the Bitcoin companies, like, you know, the Bitcoin companies at a certain point are going to have to make a choice. Like, are they going to continue like this ESG bullshit? I heard some of it at the conference I went to yeah. from the Bitcoin miners. And when you play with these maniacs, it doesn't, it's not like it, it gets better. It's, they don't get nicer. They don't ever concede or compromise they want to take everything and when you compromise with them that's when you lose and it's just bullshit you know hearing that stuff but the the thing that's bullish is there's people building really powerful cool things they're they're acting off of incentives and the market is so incredibly powerful these these parasites can't they can't stop it yeah and that it's such a more powerful message that you know, a lot of, I mean, more, I mean, how many Canadians are waking up to this every day? Like just what's mm-hmm. in the title, the state hates you. It's not, you know, well, we have differences on funding, you know, and we have a difference of opinion on how exactly, you know, whatever should be structured or who should be. No, it's the state hates you. Like this is a like evil parasitic organization that is completely and utterly committed to your destruction. And it's like, why, why do, why, why would we want anything to do with that? And mm-hmm. so it's like, well, what's, what, what political view is that? It's like the political view of leave me alone. The political view of, of Bitcoin. Leave me, of, I got Bitcoin, just leave me alone. Um, and it's like, I think like getting people to realize that because it's like, you know, like I would, I would rather somebody obviously be a constitutional libertarian than, you know, a socialist or something like that, obviously. But it's like to even get that person to then realize like, no, it's the whole thing's, the whole thing's inherently illegitimate. And once you realize that, you can you know, like have a life defined by peaceful, voluntary relationships with other people. And it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, anarchism is truly the least radical concept Yeah, out there. And Bitcoin is not a radical concept. Yeah. It's just restoring these basic human liberties and, and property rights to individuals. These things that are, you know, I believe that are inherent rights, God-given rights. Yeah. Um, and it's, I've been on a kick lately reading a bunch of the like Black Panther authors, and the one thing that really sticks out from like them is like the re the thing that they um, like nailed that I think a lot of other like whatever you call radical groups didn't nail is like like just just the idea of separation of having having the having you know our own system, which is I think what we can do with Bitcoin, and it's like we can like. Bitcoin's a peaceful movement that doesn't require an MLK to persuade the masses, which mm-hmm. he did a fantastic job of, obviously. Um, but it's like it doesn't require that because it's like we don't care about the mass. Like, not we don't care about the mass. We don't care what they think. Like, 100% of them are free to join or 0% or anywhere in between, and it's totally fine. Um, but just, like, this idea of it's like this this is the first, like, radical, you know, change in the way society is structured that doesn't require like the permission or or even inclusion of the masses which is which i think is is pretty cool like it's i think it's what a lot of the like like black panther type radicals i don't know like i think it would have been attractive like to be able to yeah 
to, to, to separate more and have more of a parallel system. Yeah. It'd be interesting to go back and interact with groups like that. Yeah. Because, yeah, I support that. They're very li- in line with my thinking. And this kind of goes back to, I was talking about a yeah. little bit, like, I don't necessarily despise leftists. Yeah. I hate... Well, s- and, I, and to be clear, I recognize that a lot of them would spit in my face if they saw me, and that's totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm not trying to pretend like we'd be best buddies. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't despise leftists. Like, a lot of leftists have this mentality, and a lot of leftists aren't, like, diehard status. Yeah. Um, I think that's a framing that, you know, is kind of unfair in the same way that they call us, you know, the alt-right or whatever. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, it's we have a lot of allies out there and that's important to know and you don't to create a really powerful disruptive network you don't need a million people you don't need 10 million people you just need 10 people so something to be incredibly bullish and optimistic on yeah yeah. but do you think they're going to start the draft for Russia (laughs) I don't think they're ever going to do a draft again I don't think they need to. I think it'd be fun to see them try. Um, I don't think they'd want to. It would just look really bad on to on their part. It'd look really stupid. Yeah. Um, but hmm, what is it? that derailed me? Forgot where I was going. Oh yeah, this is what I was gonna say. If anybody's interested, I think something that you know is beneficial that I donated just some sats too, is Larkin Rose is raising money to send a bunch of copies of The Most Dangerous Superstition up to Ottawa. Nice. So. Yeah, hell yeah, I'm throwing sats at that. Yeah. Presumably he's like getting a ridiculous bulk discount on that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. With the money. I don't really care. I I Um, want to support Larkin Rose. Either way, yeah. Um, Um, I've literally got four copies of that book in my trunk right now. Yeah. Yeah, have you followed or anybody in spaces? Have you guys followed that? I saw J.W. Weatherman being um, a contrarian as per usual, um, going after the whole Bitcoin funding the truckers thing. Yeah, I started to look into it and then I got annoyed. So I didn't look into it. J.W. is a Muppet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, did I say that on on air? Oh, well. Did you look into that, Arceris? Yeah. Go ahead. No, what little I saw was that it was, I don't even know what he was referencing, but it was some question of whether to to distribute the money now or like use it for other stuff. And uh, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't donate to that. So I didn't really care. I checked out. So actually, I think that uh, I wanted to type in earlier, but I think one of the reasons why Foss may have temporarily gotten off of Twitter is because of all the mess with JW. Um, but basically, JW is, um, uh, I don't know, lack of a better term, bitching that, uh, the, uh, the, the people, the Hong Kong Huddle fundraiser isn't distributing the funds, uh, to truckers with wild abandon and just giving out money like, like, um, making it rain or something that they're actually, you know, kind of trying to be strategic about how they donate funds. Maybe trying to figure out which one, which truckers are getting hardest by the authorities, and maybe giving it to them first. I don't know, yeah. but uh, he's just basically threatening to sue everybody involved. They don't like hand out the money willy nilly. Yeah, effectively, he's he's making the fundraiser 
significantly less useful by trying to force them to, um, you know, just hand it out without any concern for how it's being handed out. Interesting. This is the downside of autism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, I, I didn't want to go there, but since you did, I, I, I agree with that sentiment. So an, ex- an exact uh, conversation that I've had on JW with multiple people uh, is, you know, just basically that I've, you know, throughout the last decade or a little more, like I've, I've worked with a good number of just like absolutely militantly autistic people, like just militantly autistic, like, like this is the point of view. It's this. If you're 0.01% to the right, it's not going to work. It's terrible. Um, and I don't know. It does. It, it's weird. It does. It doesn't. It doesn't bother me too much. Like I, like I'm thinking of one guy specifically that I used to work with, and it's like when he was on, he was on, and so he's wicked smart, the whole thing. And then when he's off, you're like, ah, he's off again. Oh well. Um, you know. And it's like I, honestly, that's that's how I treat JW. Is it's, um, you know, like with the like everything outside of core is a liability. I think he's on there. Um, I. You know, I think there's a, I think there's there's stuff where he's on, and then there's stuff like the trucker convoy, or um, he went on a so tear, like, he went on a tear a while ago with Unchained, and I was like, yeah, that's off. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. when he's off, he, he the, the, I mean, when he's on with like things like Core, I mean, he's like you're right, he's 100 percent on point. I yeah. completely agree with that. But but when he's off, it's like uh, he has a tendency to flail around and break things. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it and it doesn't justify anything. Like for me, it's just a framework for understanding another human that I have no control over. Um, but it's just like that. It's like I don't know. But yeah, no, I no. He's he has said very, very, very horrible things about people that I care about deeply. So I, you know, it's not. I, I certainly don't have uh, just a fountain of love, but I do. I do appreciate him when he's on. Yeah, interesting. And I think this is one of the beneficial things too of these kind of underground more smaller movements that are happening simultaneously Mm -hmm. is that they can fly under the radar a little bit more and maybe potentially be a little bit more effective and less confusing to people but some some ways that that doesn't always help the case but yeah well i think so i watched a debate between larkin rose and josh smith from a while ago. Are you familiar with Josh Smith? No. Uh, he's just another libertarian political activist podcaster out there, kind of like a less cool Dave Smith with a better podcast voice. Um, but Pedro from Meme Factory is uh, has the has one of the best podcast voices in Bitcoin. He doesn't even have his own podcast. I told him he should be a late night call in show host. Yeah, one of those love lines. Yeah. I have a shitty podcast voice, I think. But it was kind of an interesting debate because it was a debate on whether libertarian politics was uh, productive or not. Yeah. I don't know. So the I'm assuming the Smith guy was the libertarian? Yeah, well, yeah. He, he's super deep in the political scene. He's running for, like, chair of the libertarian party or something. You got thoughts on it? I, I would probably just do a shitty version of what Larkin Rose said. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see the point in like we, like we've talked about before, like it, to me, the move is opt out. Like the, to me, the move is separate ourselves from these systems as much as possible. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree. It's like, I want to, 
you know, I just, I want to have as minimal interaction with that apparatus as possible because I can't control it. Yeah. I mean, I've had a little bit of interaction with the Mises caucus and the libertarian party, Arizona. And I don't know how productive it's been. Yeah. I mean, I like the people there and I don't want to, I, th- I think their hearts are in the right place, but I just don't know how productive it is. So Larkin Rose, his whole standpoint in this interview or debate was really interesting. So he brings his like opening statement. He's like, when slavery was a thing, the abolitionists had it right. The answer to slavery wasn't to make the work, the slaves working conditions better or like put regulations on how many times you whip the slave or stuff like that. The the solution was to end slavery outright. And he kind of equates that to the state today. And this idea of like going in, in, in like the clip I used, the problem with the government isn't that they take too much for our money or, you know, kill too many people or whatever. It's the fact that they have no authority to rule us. Right. Whatsoever. Um, and I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. And that, yeah. And that's what like like get people to realize the whole apparatus is inherently illegitimate. Like it it does not exist without violence, theft, and coercion. And it's like what like, and then so because that people the standard thing people get into is well this this program that program what about these people what about this blah 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 blah. And it's like go straight to the root of it and say mm-hmm. when you start with a system that acquires resources through violent theft and kills people. Um, whatever the outcome of that is is inherently illegitimate. You can't start with, like, satanic pedos killing people and stealing their money. Like, that's that's not a good start. Yeah. But. Yeah. Speaking of satanic pedos, they all look pretty shitty recently. They're, like, turning gray. Running out of adrenochrome. I don't know what it is, but they look pretty bad. Ugh. All of them. Somebody was tweeting about, I think it was the prime minister of, uh, uh, what's it called? Oh, New Zealand. New Zealand. Yeah, that crazy bitch. I saw her. She was like, she almost looked like she had like, like that Coke jar or something like that. Yeah. You ever talk to somebody who's like, like their chin sticking way out, like the grind in their teeth? Like it almost looked like she had something like that. Like she was on meth. Something. Yeah. Big fans of meth on this show. I mean, her, her, uh, <laughs> Her, her mentor hit her mentor Hitler was all was all methed out, so it would make sense. Yeah, shout out to meth. Yeah, does a lot of good for people. Oh, uh, yeah. Who else? Jim Jones, fuck ton of amphetamines. I don't know about meth specifically, but man did a lot of speed. Meth makes the world go around. Powers this podcast. Yeah. Um. USA's started. With Native American genocide, correct, Amundo. Well, I mean, you know, and and that's the that's the case with every government. And this is another good point. Is like and Rothbard outlines this in Anatomy of the State. It's like no government has ever come into existence from a social contract. It comes in through conquest. Yeah, and th- they rape, they pillage, they they kill, they burn. That that's just the, the nature of the government. And so, I mean, that's a that's a good point. Like, yes, the U.S. government killed a bunch of Native Americans, so did the Spanish, mm-hmm. so did the English. They did that everywhere in the world. Yeah. They do it to their own people. This is just ultimately what governments do. And whether it was 
any state apparatus uh, that anytime you have a collection of a monopoly on violence, that's ultimately what happens. So yeah. Shout out to Geronimo. That guy was a badass. Yeah. Geronimo and chief Cochise legends in this area of Arizona. They took on the U S government or the U S military, um, and held out for a very long time. It's pretty impressive. Chiricahua Mountains, Southeast Arizona. Mm-hmm. Very nice. And the Dragoons. Cochise Stronghold. Have you heard the theory that, uh, so apparently at Skull and Bones in Yale is Geronimo's skull. I've heard that. And it was stolen by H.W., uh, the first Bush. I've heard that and I believe it. It makes sense. Fuck that guy. Yeah, H.W.'s term. so much. What's up, Jim? Good to have you in here. Yo guys, how's it going? Yeah, I love I love listening to you guys rant against everything unreasonable in the world. <laughs> and I, <laughs> the state definitely hates us because the people who are in charge of the state are a bunch of parasites that just want money and power and don't give a shit about us regular folks. And it needs to be shrunken down. I think um, no having stop fucking <laughs> We, you know, we still, we still as humans, uh, work better in groups and we need to coordinate, um, to help each other. But I think the groups need to be way smaller than a giant organization or relatively small when you think about it that controls 300 million people. It's absurd. They cannot make all the right choices and it needs to go and shrink down to citadel size governance. Uh, where most people know each other and can agree on most things. And, and, and I recommend that people of like minds should gather together. And those people that are not of like minds with those people that are of like minds should leave those people of like minds alone mm-hmm. and go hang out with other people that are like minded with you so that we, and then we'll just, we'll trade with each other. But you can have your little society over there with your own stupid rules and wear masks outside all day long if you want and just leave us alone over here because we don't want that. Yep. But you know, one day maybe we'll get there. We got hard money to help us get there, which is what we need. So there's a chance. There's a chance. It's grown way too big over all these decades, the state, and uh, maybe we could shrink it back. It's all we can hope for, right, guys? Yeah. I mean, the, the positive thing is market demand for the state is going away very, very fast. Yeah. But, right. And their and their ability to accumulate power and resources is trending down very yep. fast, mm-hmm. which is very nice. I, I think their ability to keep shooting themselves in the foot is increasing though. Yeah. 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 Well and that's Oh, speaking of which. Um so, uh, Jim Bobo Dread says uh in the chat the state hates you. Just by the way. And hates Bobo too. Sorry, bro. <laughs> so yeah, it hates hates us hates all. all of us. Even the people in the state, they hate themselves. So, this is interesting. Did you see what the ATF tweeted today? Skeef? I didn't. Uh, yeah, about like basically turning your ex so that we can murder them on Valentine's Day. Yeah, especially. So. Oh, I did see that. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Coax people to becoming snitches, mm-hmm. and and you know, as if it's a good thing to do that. Unfucking believable. You got to be careful, man. In this world, you don't know who you're going to date that's going to turn out out to be crazy and call the authorities and set you up for something you didn't even do. It's mm. freaking crazy to think, man. It's scary. Yeah. Freaking scary. 
Stay well, away from crazy. Learn to read the eyes. Here, here's the, here's the tweet. So Valentine's Day can still be fun if you broke up. Do you have information about a former or current partner involved in an illegal gun activity? Let us know, and we'll make sure a Valentine's Day. It's a Valentine's Day to remember. And then, did you see what Spike Cohen said? No. Oh my God, you're gonna fucking love this. It's, I, it's probably the top one. You know, I, I like Spike. I think it's Spike Cohen. He, yeah, he's always got good. But man, uh, he, so he commented, hi, yes, I'd like to report someone who set an entire compound full of children and their parents on fire and shot anyone who escaped. Then they went and trafficked guns to Mexican cartels who used those guns to kill innocent Americans and Mexicans. They should be disbanded. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Spikes. spikes. Three, three letter agency starting with an A and ending with a M. <laughs> There's Is another. It, a, a, wait. Oh, ending oh. with an F. A, Right. ATF. Yeah. ATF. Right. And are the people responsible for that tragedy? Yes. Yeah. There's a, what was the other one? It was the picture of Forrest Gump and it said the ATF's like a box of chocolates. It'll kill your dog. Mm. That's a good one. Shout out to Suckboy Tony. <laughs> I need to fund, I need to get hit his dog some bulletproof vest. That guy's doing some cool shit. But yeah. Man, just the level of psychopathy in that tweet was unbelievable to me. Like, that's really scary that they're tweeting stuff like that. And they haven't taken it down. It's nuts. Sounds like it's encouraging violence. It should definitely break a few social justice rules. Yeah, well, well, I don't know. They'd probably be on board. They're like, oh, the, I mean, it's the state taking people's guns. Like, they, they generally like that in most situations. A lot of the people, of a lot of the social justice people, though, like guns. They just like to use guns against you. That's true. Yeah. Like, you look at Chaz and stuff like that. They had lots of guns and shot lots of people there. Yeah. But, yeah. Man, that, I saw that. I was just like, yep, that's, that's how people get killed. Great idea. Um, but I, I think this kind of goes back to, you know, the importance of having a low profile. Yes. Like, and, and part of the reason why going out and protesting is incredibly dangerous because, I mean, we very well could see that in the future. Yeah. I, I don't well, think. Especially now, like, especially in a downtown city, like they've mapped every face that's downtown Ottawa right now, like 100% chance. Mm-hmm. So Canada has everything the U.S. has because the U.S. probably just runs it for them. Collected all their cell phone data. Everything, yeah. Yeah. Everybody's face off of every security camera. Yeah, everybody that's got a cell phone there, that's tagged. This phone was at the protest. It's a trap. Yeah. I need I need that on my soundboard. Yeah, I, yeah. Andrew, have you followed what Andrew Howard said? He thinks the whole thing's a giant fake psyop. Yep. We yeah, talked about I, that a little bit last week. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. We should get him on here. I've, I've been saying that for months. Yeah. I'm going to message him after this. I was supposed to be talking to Andrew right now. He he wanted to have an interview. He's got a podcast, The Exit Plan. Yeah, he's awesome. And uh, Pretty good podcast. Right, right. And he, he apparently isn't feeling so good this evening, so he has to reschedule. But I, I wouldn't be talking to you guys if I was talking to him right now. It's funny that you bring his name up. But, uh, nice. yeah, he seems like a cool dude. Yeah. No, he is. He, he's got a good... He, He's pretty spot on with pretty much everything I've seen from him. Mm-hmm. 
and it's kind of what you're talking, you know, what I'm talking about is like, there's guys like him, there's guys like Shane with the free Republic of Pasnia. Oh, yeah. There's guys like Shishi. There's people all over doing the right things mm-hmm. um, for various reasons without there being a ton of overlap. And it's yeah. incredibly powerful and that will only grow. And I think I read a crazy statistic this week too. Uh, they said one in ten, if one in ten Americans had thirty-two chickens and a half-acre garden, there would be no need for like produce at the grocery store. Like that would like basically that. How many? Uh, they said thirty-two chickens and like a half-acre garden. If every American family, if one in ten Americans, one in ten, interesting. Like that would. I don't know. I mean, who 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 the hell knows what the real number is, but. Like, that idea of, like, living in a community. Like, Owen Benjamin talks about this a lot. Like, where he is up in, it's called Boundary County, Idaho. Um, like, everybody, like, he, he, I think, I forget what exactly he does, but it's, like, everybody that lives around him has a few things that they do, and then they all just, like, you know, kind of sell, kind of just give it to each other. Yeah, that that's my dream of what I want to accomplish this year. I want to create that network locally. So wouldn't, that, wouldn't you guys say uh, that that is, I see a growing trend of people that are thinking more micro, uh, you know, becoming friends with ranchers, buying half half cows and buying freezers and stocking up and, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, reducing down the food distribution system to where, you know, it's not coming from across the globe. You know, you're not getting mangoes that are grown in, you know, El Salvador and then packaged in Japan and sent to New York City. Some they got crazy. I saw a tweet today of something like some fruit that went from South America to, to Asia all the way to America before it showed up in a grocery store and it it tell it said it right on the side of the of the container where it was grown and where it was packaged and you just shake your head and go, This Jeez. is just so not natural, man. Come on. You know, so like getting back to this you know, you see untapped growth doing his thing with the with the ranching and uh Modern Tea Man and the the beef initiative that they got going down in Texas. And I just see that growing. What you just talked about, you know, statistically, if if enough people had a small farm, and it's not going to happen in places like where I live, where the the average size property is a quarter acre and every house is 20 feet from every other house, uh, you know, typical suburbia. But there's enough land out there in this country and in the world, when you travel, it, it just widens right up, up as soon as you get away from cities. And there's definitely enough room to do it, but the systems aren't set up for it. You know, we got to get people thinking differently and being willing to help create it and sustain it. Uh, I hope Bitcoin helps in that way. It, at least it, it seems to be happening in the Bitcoin community from what I can tell. Yeah, no, it is. The Bitcoiners are much more aware of the things happening around them. But but it is happening outside the Bitcoin community. I'm seeing it. I've seen it a lot in Tucson, and it's been pretty impressive. There's a lot of people out there that are aware and watching. They might not understand Bitcoin and get it yet. They'll, they'll get it eventually, but um, they, they can see pretty clearly that the state is attacking the food supply and making things incredibly, you know, difficult for people to you know, just survive and live and they're going to make decisions based off of that. I mean, what's the most basic need that humans have? It's housing, shelter, and then food and water. Mm-hmm. Like people are going to respond. I mean, if like, like it's pretty obvious, like, you know, th- there's a lot of people that 
didn't buy the vaccine bullshit. Yeah. I'm both, you know, on all different ends mm-hmm. of the political spectrum just because they know, okay, the depopulationists are now shilling us a vaccine. And then they're also looking at these depopulations that are shilling this vaccine that are also saying, oh, you have to stop eating meat and we're going to use vaccines to make people meat intolerant. And we're going to, you know, turn every human into a GMO. And like people are like, fuck that. I'm not, yeah. I'm not playing this game. I will say I'm happy to see, and I, I'm also personally benefiting by the rise of low carbohydrate, ketogenic and carnivore dieting and the, the growth of podcasts and the results of average everyday people fixing major health problems, you know, lifelong health problems by getting carbohydrates out of their life. First processed junk food bullshit. But even for many people out there, even the things that are considered healthy and are and can be for many people like fruits and vegetables sometimes could be a problem for many people i listen to podcasts all the time about this is i think both you guys know i eat basically a carnivore lifestyle and my health dramatically improved uh, as a result and all those people in that community are very attuned to the food supply the the uh, the games that are being played with uh, you know demonizing meat and, and trying to, you know, make people feel guilty for, for eating animal products. It's, it's insane. Matter of fact, uh, Michaela Peterson just watched a, um, a debate, a part, partial uh, debate with her and some other people for and against um, meat in the diet. I forget what the premise was, but this one woman, man, she got up there and she was like, it's just so evil and mean to be killing these animals. And then you listen to Michaela talk about her health problems, and the only thing that fixed it was going on a beef, salt, and water diet. And then she touched on our ancestry. You know, like a million years ago, people were not living off of vegetables, and the types of fruits and vegetables around back then were significantly different with way lower quantities of sugar than than what's being uh, genetically modified to feed the population now. And our ancestors, especially those that lived in colder climates for most of the year, there was no fruits and, fruits and vegetables. They had to live on animal products. And we are essentially made to eat meat and fat. And, and carbohydrates are not even an essential macronutrient. Only fat and protein are. And so there's, there's so many people out there proving that you can eat meat. But, you know, it's being demonized because guys like Bill Gates who are buying up all the farmland and want to grow soy burgers for everybody and poison everybody like he is he said straight out there's too many people in the world the things he does are meant to help slow population growth and reduce family sizes and take away people's future and their lives and their dreams because he thinks there's too many people fuck that motherfucker right yeah, yeah. speaking of which oh yeah that brings us jim to- you are gonna love our commercial tonight yeah but before we go to our ad break sounds good <laughs> Before we go to our ad break, the, all these people, their their values are just so different. They don't value human life. Like the, the climate change people, they don't give a shit about human life. Yeah, They want to dramatically decrease human life on this planet. Same with the PETA people and all these yeah. know, animal activists. They hate, they hate themselves and they project that outward typically. Yeah. yeah. Well, we got a message to you from the – well, I'll, I'll just let it – well, we've got a message to all of you people that want to decrease the population. And it's, it's been said quite a few times, but start with yourself. All right, <laughs> to the ad. Toxic Airwaves is brought to you by the Gates Foundation. 
The Gates Foundation is proud to sponsor Toxic Airwaves in recognition of the work they have done to promote gender equality in the Bitcoin space. We at Toxic Airwaves are supremely grateful for this recognition of all our hard work to support diversity and inclusion. This grant will be applied to two goals. First, we will be using part of the funds to hire additional non-binary listeners until they compose at least 50% of our audience. Second, we will be funding a partnership with Drag Queen Story Hour by donating 500 copies of the Bitcoin Standard to combat mental illness. We are eternally grateful for the support of our sponsors and the commitment to social justice. Because without social justice, it's just us. That was beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, we're very, very thankful for that, that grant. Just, just won it. Shout out to Drag Queen Story Hour. Shout out to, to those crazy motherfuckers. <laughs> so, according to Anchor, which is a Spotify company, which we host our podcast on, unfortunately. Maybe I'll change it. But according to them, 5% of our listener base is non-binary. So, I'm pretty excited about the idea of uh, yeah. buying listeners. Yeah, with these funds. So we're, we're planning to just blatant, like, cash to listen to the podcast is yeah. the plan to really uh, bump, bump up our viewers, listeners. Should we require that people, for people joining us in spaces to come up, up on stage, they have to identify as non-binary? Um, we, should, we should at least put them at the front of the line for sure. Mm. Okay. Um, That's a good policy. I feel like anything else would be transgressive. Which is a new word I heard recently. Oh, and speaking of which, Hobo just popped in. Hobo, what's up? Are you requiring me to do something? Uh, well, so our sponsor this week is a, a really generous grant from the Gates Foundation, which is a gender equity grant, um, which is obvious. I mean, everyone who listens to the show knows that we are just warriors for diversity and inclusion. Um, so it's it's funding, funding, to, uh, funding for that. And so like one of the things we're, that's what we were talking about was uh, just all the things we're going to do with the money. Um, one of which is just blatantly hiring non-binary listeners. And so we're trying to we get the punch of training right now. Uh, no, what's so what we're trying to do is find uh, non-binary people who will listen to our podcast for cash money so that we can uh, bump up our numbers and look better. Yes. That's the goal. So we're trying to get to 50% non-binary. We can do you it. guys are going to be so woke. So if you guys if you guys are driving great. down the road and you see some fucking crazy lunatic at the stoplight, tell them we'll give him five bucks. Listen to the podcast. Yeah. We'll even pay him in sats. Well, maybe. Maybe, maybe a, a bumper sticker campaign. We just give out bumper stickers, right? That could work. No? Yeah. We should go recruit at Dirtbag's Bar. Yeah. It's probably a couple of non-binaries there. Yeah, but yeah, that's the plan. That and then the other the other thing is uh, donate five hundred copies to Drag Queen Story Hour mm-hmm. of the Bitcoin Standard. Shout out to Drag Queen Story Hour. Yeah, those guys or those. Do you see Udi's new gig? Is that Department of Energy guy? What? <laughs> <laughs> What? The, oh the, man! The, the so I don't know if it's Department of Energy, Department of something. The guy is just uh, yeah, wears I, pink I high heels, but he does he does slightly resemble Udi. If Udi, but so the joke somebody made the joke. Uh, this is why Udi always wears sunglasses and a hat because um, the guy has real short hair and looks like just an absolute freak of nature. That's funny. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. I could totally see Udi being a spook. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But everybody's a spook. Yeah. But him specifically, slightly more likely than others. <laughs> Do you remember when everybody was calling Matt O'Dell a spook? Uh, so that was another one JW fucked up. <laughs> oh, that was JW. Uh, he was definitely one of them. <laughs> Interesting. One of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. That was, that, that was actually the example I was thinking of when I said he said some pretty horrific things about people I care about deeply. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any words for Matt O'Dell? Huge fan. Yeah. Even after know. what he did. Oh, oh. Yeah, never mind. I take that back. Slightly less of a fan. Because on our Simply Bitcoin TV account, we were censored. Uh, it, we were, he, he didn't even say don't use it. He just said, how about not the Unabomber? But anyway, we wanted uh, Ted Kaczynski to be the username. But uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently, yeah. Even that crosses the line even with Matt. T Tucson explained it. Yeah, I don't know. He was just joking the whole time, obviously. But um, yeah, Tucson explained to him how big of a fan of Ted Kaczynski I am. But still, no, no, no luck. Yeah, we're big fans of Ted on the show. And it was really a, a shame. There it is. It was really a shame. Hobo. I know Hobo's in the house. I'm going to make this a clip and tweet it to Matt O'Dell. <laughs> had the absolute pleasure of hanging out with him in person a couple of times and very much enjoy tftc it's been good yeah it's a great show i've been enjoying it recently some people i always listen yeah zorn's always on that one it's mm -hmm. pretty impressive Shout citadel out dispatch too is good mm -hmm. yeah citadel citadel dispatch is one of my favorite podcast to refer new people to bitcoin to yes because it's so technical are you serious that's a little technical do you don't you think well that's why because they walk you through i mean the the podcast no but the the average noob is gonna just it's gonna go 90 percent is gonna go over their head most episodes and they're gonna go what the hell am i getting myself into i i don't know i if they're unless they're unless they're technically inclined and smart um, but, and the other thing is he, he's very specific on like, well, all right, I guess it depends on how far down the journey somebody is. If you want them to learn important stuff, definitely send them there, but they got to be ready for it. Don't you think? Well, it's super, it's super applied. That's what I like. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like this, this yeah. is things you can do today. And it's, I mean, it's like the, the technical stuff, whether it's economics or the computer side, like those are the most effective defenses against shit coinery in my opinion, because it's like. You know, if you understand the technicals of Bitcoin and somebody comes along and says Ethereum is more decentralized, you can say, oh, no, that's fucking stupid. Here's why. Um, without too much effort. Yeah, I mean, the the mining podcast, which is yeah the, the kick I've been on for the last six months going deep down that hole, uh, are some of my favorites that he's done with Diverter and Neil and some of the other guys on there that I refer everybody to. I've been finding it personally, I've been finding it easier to show people mining than just Bitcoin in and of itself. Like mm. it's, I think part of it is this idea of having a non KYC income. Yeah. But it's people, something active too. Yeah. Rather than just holding it. That's yeah. True. I mean, it, I, I've been orange. I'm sorry, go ahead. It just feels so like demeaning and, and dumb to be like, Here's the most powerful weapon for freedom or tool for freedom in the world. All you have to do is put in all your personal information to use it. Yeah. Versus here's a computer you can plug into your wall and now have access 
without anybody knowing to the most powerful freedom tool in the world. And I think people get that. And or here's an ATM you can take cash to mm-hmm. and get Bitcoin sent straight to your blue wallet yeah. immediately, you know? I hate to say it, but unfortunately, I live in a place where I don't have those types of options, really. I mean, mining, yes. I personally can't because of my current conditions, but um, there's uh, ATMs and stuff like that, there's none of that shit around here because I live in freaking communist New York. And there's way too many rules. Uh, and half yeah, the businesses, sense. half the companies that offer services out there, like Strike, I can't use. I gotcha. can't borrow against my own Bitcoin through unchained capital because all these people aren't licensed here because it's impossible to get permission to offer adults services that everywhere else in the world you're allowed. It's, it's just insane. The state hates me. Yeah. But the thing, Jim, is you're connected with a bunch of people that can. Yeah. And that's the well, and I'm working my way toward all the things you guys discussed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, slowly disassembling my life here in New York. I plan to get out of here eventually, only to maybe come back and visit occasionally. There's just no reason for me to stay around here anymore. And I hate the winter. Um, I'm going to come help build a house in Jamaica with Tread, who I see just showed up. Um, among other things, I got a lot of plans. I want to travel a lot, surf in different places in the world, and I want to tell people about Bitcoin and help out. That's why I come on, talk to you guys, man. Anybody who gets to hear this, here's our passion, here's our enthusiasm, our knowledge, whatever it might be we're talking about. If it resonates with the right person and they, they get on board, they, on board, they learn about the, the best money in the world, it's going to change their life like it's changed all of ours for the better, help change humanity. Yeah, man, this is like my life mission now, if we can help people understand Bitcoin. Yeah, and uh, and how much the state hates us. I keep looking at the <laughs> title on my phone. The state hates you, so I'm keep tying it back. I'm helping you guys out tonight. Do my best. <laughs> Thanks, man. Jim, I got a question for you, man. Sure. Down here, down here in Alabama, and I have an older sister who's about three or four years older than me. Says she wants to move to New York really bad. She went and visited in December. Uh, didn't take the vax up until this point, but did it. Got it for her and my nephew. She's talking about moving up there. What would you? What would be your argument for me to go to lay at her feet about why she should not? Well, first let me ask you: When you say New York, most people that visit New York from somewhere far away, they go to New York City and generally Manhattan, which is one borough of New York City, one small section. Do you know where she went and why she wants to move here? Well, she likes the city life, um, but I know she went to the city. So uh, as far as where all she went, I know she they went to a different, uh, probably a collection of different places, just doing the touristy thing. So I can't say yeah. for certain or not, but I know it was the city. Yeah, sure. So again, uh, most people that are coming to visit New York are not going to Queens or Brooklyn or Staten Island or the Bronx. Unless they got a, a, a major reason to go there, they're going to Manhattan, the island of Manhattan that has all the giant skyscrapers. And it's a whirlwind of experience, I have to say. I even enjoy it when I go there, but I wouldn't want to live there. It's dirty and noisy and busy and uh, expensive and an insane amount of rules. Uh, but it's really cool and really unique. And there's an amazing amount of things that you can do culturally and for for enjoyment and and it's just very very interesting it's understandable why, why somebody would want to but from a perspective of freedom i i don't think it's the freest place in the world by far uh there's way too many rules and 
like I go into New York City once a month for BitDev meetings and um, the group of people at these meetings typically goes out afterwards to a local tavern and continues hanging out and talking. And I usually don't go because I have to travel an hour on a train to get home and it's already late. So one night I decide to go and I get there and I don't have a vaccine passport because I refuse to fake it. I refuse to play even to that extent. Like there's all kinds of things I'll do that are, are technically not to the rules. <laughs> uh, but I just did, couldn't walk in and show a fit, even if it's fake and they accept it. And the guy looks at me and goes, yep, that's another bonehead that took the chemicals without thinking just to live his life. No, fuck that, man. I'd rather go somewhere else. So I couldn't hang out. I was a little pissed off, but I'm like, no way. I don't care. The state hates me so much that they want to inject chemicals in me and I, and I can't live my life. And these idiots are going to enforce that. Well, then they're not getting my business. I don't care. So I don't know how I got off on that tangent. But New York, yeah, New York City, it, yeah, that, that that's where it's a hassle. Like, and if she's got, if she took the jab because somebody told her to or whatever, she decided it's what she wants, then she'll be able to do more stuff in New York because of that. You know, there's one she could prove it. But like, what are they going to do next? You know, if she moves here permanently. So I don't, I, hard, it's hard to say, you know, depending on her age, it could be a great experience for her, but she's got to find the right place to live, the right way to earn a living. Um, and, I don't, I, you know, I don't know why anybody would want to, want to make it permanent, but I can see why somebody who's young and uh, excited about exploring the world would want to do it for some time. So I, I, it's hard for me to say, talk her out of it completely, but I would encourage her to, to not get her hopes on thinking that this is a place to stay. But, you know, who knows? You know, some people do. They live their whole lives in New York City and they love it and they never want to leave. But um, I think it's also changed quite a bit and the world has changed quite a bit so i don't expect cities in general and new york in particular to be like bastions of freedom in the future and if she wants to be somewhat free that could be a challenge stack sats thank for you her. appreciate it man stack sats for her <laughs> i think that's yo no i'm orange peeled her for sure she's stacking but she she's I, you know she's still got a long way to go as far as seeing the world and the system the matrix you should i should say seeing it for what it is yeah. One like tangible number might be like just like if she hasn't already, like calculate out just what, what the budget would be in different places. Mm. Well, I, I should add like, like down here she's getting pretty she's built like a little uh IG page and she's getting really good at makeup. Like she's quit her normal job and is just like paying the bills for a nice apartment for her and my nephew doing makeup for weddings and proms and et cetera, you know. So she's okay. I think that's like in her back pocket, like maybe I could go there to New York and do that thing. But, you know, I was telling her like, it's so competitive up there. Like, I, I don't, I have, I don't doubt you. You could do it if you set your mind to it, but deep, why, why would you want to live in New York? That makes sense. But I mean, Jim did make so, some good points. You know, here's the thing. She's going to have a huge potential clientele for that kind of, um, right. Service. Right. But she's also going to have a huge potential regulatory issue with the state, with the government, with the, with the city in terms of offering that service in a way that's legal and up to all the whatever health code standards they want to impose. And then, of course, where is she going to set up shop? In her own apartment? You know, that might not last if the neighbors catch wind of it. And, you know, uh, so a commercial space, that's not going to be cheap. So there's a lot to think about for a business in New York. You could run that same business on a hundredth of the cost in Alabama. So you go to New York City, you can get it. 
Now you also get to charge a lot more money, but it takes a whole little, a whole different level of of, of organization and, and certainly cash flow and, and everything to make it work. So I, you know, if she really wants it, I, I would never say somebody should shouldn't go after their dreams. Just be real careful and plan it really well. You know, you especially if she's got no real connections that could help her out in the city and she's trying to navigate the whole thing on herself on her own. That's gonna make it harder, you know. Uh, some of the some of the um, some of the work you would do to, to to learn about living in the city you can only do by being in the city. But much of it you could probably learn ahead of time by doing research. Certainly finding out what rents are and finding out what rules are around businesses. I, I can't imagine that can't be done online. But the experience of moving around the city and getting places and meeting people and and, and all that is uh, you can only do by being there and then of course if she had to deal with the state having to now like everything dealing with the government has changed dramatically because of covid so a lot of stuff you can't do in person anymore which used to be efficient because you could talk to a person now they force you to do stuff online or remotely that you know these people hastily set up these systems and they all suck most of them you know, you think your government would be competent to set up computer systems and whatnot, but they're not. They're not the experts in that. The, the free market is. So half the crap doesn't work the way it should or whatnot. I don't know. I could complain all day. The state hates us, right? That's what we're here for. Right, right. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah. No problem. Yeah. Family members are tough, especially when they're super. Yeah, but she is back and sad, so I got her set up on a DCA, so she's getting there. Nice. Yeah, it's a journey for all of us. Well, on to the next topic. Um, did you watch the sports ball last night? No. I, I worked. Of, I sort of watched the sports ball. It was pretty lame. Yeah. Brandon Circus is. Figured out the best way to watch that is after it's over, and then you just pull up all the highlights. It only takes about 10 minutes to watch all the really good plays. <laughs> Yeah. And like, do I really give a shit about the answer at the end? I found out who won before I saw how it played out. What do I care? Yeah. I mean, I don't, but you know, a lot of people do, of course. But yeah, I was busy getting things done. And then I, I turned on my computer. I did a little search for the Super Bowl. I saw it was like had 15 minutes left. I'm like, oh, all right. So the team's winning and I see what's going on. Okay. And then, you know, very anticlimactic that what the Rams came from behind and won it in the end. Everybody was psyched because it was home field advantage and all that. But they thought they weren't even supposed to do in the Super Bowl. Wasn't it supposed to always be in a neutral field? At least I remember when I was a kid. Uh, they, well, they picked the, the stadium before the season even starts. Oh, okay. So they got lucky. That's cool. So that that's kind of cool for them. They were they were, they were behind and that, you know, I, I, I followed nothing, nothing all year. Not a single thing. And in a half hour at the end of the game, I saw so much shit. So that uh, Cincinnati quarterback, apparently a really flashy dresser. They showed him walking into the stadium in like a tiger skin looking suit with a hat with a brim on it. And I was like, looks like a pimp or something. I was like, he seems pretty cocky. And he ends up getting sacked, what, seven or eight times in the game and they end up losing. I'm like, ah, it seems like poetic justice for a cocky asshole maybe. I don't know. You know, okay. like, I don't know anything about these guys, but I just see this whole, like, uh, what, is, what is it? You know, bread and circuses. It's just like a big... All the world's a stage, stage, man. Right? It's hilarious to watch the all these 
people, famous people, all have to be there. I don't know. It's just such a spectacle. And, right. Um, While the fifth graders are wearing their masks, the whole 100,000 stadium, nobody had to wear theirs out in California. State of emergency, you. my ass. That's why you don't have your kids in school. Um, okay, so right? BT, BTC Sessions posted an interesting thread. Thanks, uh, Predit, Predit, for the uh, comment in the chat. So. The last couple of weeks have been the most stressful of my life. I've tried to do the right thing in a fast-moving and delicate situation. Unfortunately, that comes with labels that range from terrorist to scammer, depending on who you ask. Regarding TallyCoin, there's no way to keep the page up while, pi- while piling contributions, unfortunately. Therefore, the page admin has unpublished it for the time being. Goals were met. There's no need for more at this time. The funds raised have already been reallocated to a new multi-sig forum of which neither myself, Jeff Booth, or Greg Foss have control. This was done days ago, and given developments of late, I believe it was a good call from a security standpoint. Uh, Nobody Caribou gave a recent update, posted a video. As for me, this has been a lot. I've lost a lot of sleep and appetite and my stress has started to rub off on my family. In the interest of my mental health, I'll be off Twitter for the next week, still working on tutorials and still helping wherever I can, just not on the bird app. Hmm. Yeah. I don't really, I haven't followed the situation too closely. Yeah, I knew I wasn't going to donate, so I didn't follow it too closely. Yeah. Um, You know, today, uh, J.W. Weatherman, posted something about those guys that yeah. start distributing that stuff soon or he's going to donate a bunch of money to illegal uh, lawyers to go after uh, yeah. Ben and Greg. Pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah, we talked about JW a little bit earlier. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy and this is this is one of the problems of these types of movements like this is just how easily they can be dismantled. Like MLK was shot um, by the government, proven in court. Yeah. Uh, so was Malcolm X. Uh, anytime you get in the state's radar, they act violently and they have such sophisticated ways to just ruin and destroy you. And so what this is, you know, is taking things head on and we have to take roundabout uh, ways to you know, subvert them. And we have to have a long time preference against it. It's like, yes, the state is tyrannical and evil and does terrible things to us. Uh, but you can't just dismantle it overnight. And, you know, honestly, the more violent the state acts, the more people join us too. And so, I mean, it's a hard situation. It's really a hard situation. This is just what I'm trying to do. Well, and there's tangible and power. Like, follow, like, Francis and what the bull Bitcoin guys are doing. Like, they're, like, they have people all throughout the protest. Like, you know, he's been tweeting out their flyers, like, all the stuff they're doing. And then, but then, you know, they also work at bull Bitcoin, you know, a non-custodial exchange. And so they're in, they're in such a good spot to connect people with, you know, the information and the resources that they need. (laughs) See what Dredd said. Dread Dread said uh, JW should sponsor an ad this month. Oh man, that would be good. Uh, I'd like to stick to purely evil people like Pfizer and the Ethereum Foundation and 
Gates Foundation. Well, I mean, uh, illustrious donators who fund these operations. And <laughs> I don't know, like the the whole idea of like suing other Bitcoiners because they're that's pretty terrible. Yeah, that's like Craig Wright level nonsense. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. That's pretty bad. Yeah, that's like really bad. Yeah, I mean, of of all the people you could go after too. I mean, like, why isn't he going after Craig Hoskinson? Or Vitalik. Oh. Craig, or Hoskinson. Char- Charles, Charles Hoskinson. Oh, okay. He's the Cardano guy. Cardano. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, or melt him. <laughs> the WF member. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, on the topic of the World Economic Forum, so there's that guy that, is he the founder of Telegram or? Oh yeah, Pavel. Pavel. Yeah. So is Telegram a bad platform to be on? Based on that, they probably. I mean, it's totally centralized. I mean, you it's can, not secure. Yeah, I mean, go to any of your group chats. You can look at messages from two years ago. That's because mm. they store them all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like a margin. I think it's a marginal improvement over Twitter, just because it's not necessarily out in the public. Like you get like your blast radius of who sees it is much smaller, even in a big group, than yeah. if you're just tweeting it out. Yeah. So if you if you're one of those people out there that cares about your future social credit score when that starts getting used and published, Telegram might not be the best platform for you. Yeah. But or if yeah. Or if they just, yeah, or if you're trying to purchase certain uh, products, just not use Telegram. Yeah. Don't use Telegram for that. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, that's just so wild. Like, I think it's easy to forget that, like, everything that we do on the web, for the most part, is permanent to a certain degree. That's why I've been I've been asking the, uh, Katie, Jessica, all those people at Plan B, when uh, Fake Your Death is a service. So far, it's not part of their product offering, but I think it should be. I could do that. I told I told him I don't need royalties on the idea, just a five percent discount when uh when the product's available. Yeah. <laughs> Where would you go if you faked your death? Mexico, probably. Good go hang with Andrew Howard. I agree. Yeah. I feel like Mexico's Mexico's like the Western United States two hundred years ago. Yeah. Yeah. There's places like that where nobody cares and you can just be left alone as long as you can make it work. I'm yeah. actually going down there after unconfiscatable for a few days to check out some money. Yeah, I think I think the big I think the big countries are what I mean like go to I mean, obviously go to a small country if you want to, but like this idea that if the shit really hits the fan, you know, Costa Rica or El Salvador or one of these little small countries is going to be able to say you know, no big bad U.S. government stay away there with a, you know, no, fuck no. No, they're, they're, both those places are going to get absolutely steamrolled, as is the rest of Central America. Um, but somewhere like Mexico, like I said, Mexico's in Central America, but like place like Mexico's big enough that at least, you know, I mean, like, look, 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 they've, they've pretty much shut down all the COVID stuff um, mm-hmm. a while ago, like as far as travel restrictions and stuff like that. Um, Maybe. Which is just, you know, it's crazy that it's like the mark of a good place is like just not being psychopathically evil or as psychopathically <laughs> evil. And it's like, I mean, if you look at some of the Eastern European countries that are kind of similar. Yeah. Um, and just the, 
the messiness and chaos and like the government not being able to do anything. They're, they're still in pretty close proximity to the insane maniacs. Like Europe is pretty small, but Mexico is kind of isolated out there and it's in a lot of places is mountainous and remote and a lot more difficult. Tons of places disappear. I mean, how long has the DEA been down there trying to, you know, wrangle these people and control them and the CIA and been extremely unsuccessful yeah. in doing so. I, th- I think that is a mark of an interesting place to be. Yeah. Well, I remember just... Columbia, too. Like, when... So, I used to live in Texas, and I remember when I was living there, there was a story. They, along the Texas-Mexico border, they busted uh, one of those tunnels, and they had... The tunnel was big enough... Like, basically, it was, like, roughly the size you could drive a Volkswagen bug through. So, not huge, but pretty good-sized. And they had put train tracks down there. And they were just 24-7, 365 train cars, uh, like little train cars of, you know, meth, whatever, who knows, going across the border, just just funneling it straight in, you know. And it's like that's one that they just randomly caught in, you know, this would have been like the mid-2000s or something like that. You know, it's like how many of those, like, that border is. I'll figure it out one day or I'll just hire somebody to do it. It's all good. Yeah. Car Gonzalez. When he moves out there, he's getting it? busy. It, no, I think he he seems I, like an Austinite. <laughs> did I tell you I got to meet him? Uh, at the mining conference, right? I went to Pleb Lab. Oh, nice. Out with those guys. But yeah, nice. I didn't talk about the mining conference. Cool. I should have had my little Scott Offord sticker. It's out of my kitchen counter right now. Um, but yeah, the, the guys at Pleb Lab are pretty cool. Yes, big fan of those guys. I think that's a that's kind of a cool model to just get a. Bitcoin or co-working space. Yeah. And, and I know it's the people that's car or Kyle Murphy, Car Gonzalez, those guys. Yeah. And the Carmen, I guess. He kind of sucks, but it's okay. <laughs> we have a fe- Twitter feed. Kind of you and him, and then I've kind of interjected into it too. Oh, about uh, Texas? Yeah. And Arizona? He yeah. seems to take it a little bit personally. Uh, Clancy keeps talking about federal land like that means anything. <laughs> I have no idea what she's talking about. <laughs> Yeah, Clancy, cope, cope harder. It's like oh, the land where I can, you know, go kill a deer with an AK forty-seven. That land—that's what you have a problem with. Okay, do whatever I want. (laughs) No, no, federal land is uh, actually kind of dope because have have you? It's it's what's going to be for sale when this whole motherfucker falls apart. So, yeah, when you when you come to my house, have you seen all the people camping out? And the RVs and stuff. Yeah, what is that? It's BLM land. Oh, just right there? So yeah. people just chilling. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, there's there's like basically an impromptu RV park on the way here <laughs> from my house. And by impromptu, I mean 40, 40 campers at least. More. Yeah. yeah a maybe, lot. For sure. I mean, it's it's not like three dudes, you know, with a campfire. And it's not temporary either. Some people, some people are getting mail there. <laughs> talk about like. That's a joke, but they've been there a while. Talk about like good anarchists. A yeah. Lot of, a lot of those people are. Or, like, driving up to the Grand Canyon. Like, you just mm-hmm. look. Like, anybody who's driven up to the Grand Canyon, or if you're going to, look off, like, either side of the highway. There's just people. Just You see a fucking trailer just out in the desert. And it's some guy who was like, yep, I live here now. What are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some major benefits of it. Like, uh, it lowers population density, which I think is incredibly important where we're going. Yeah. Pe- people are going to act wild. They already are acting wild, but in the next couple of years, it's going to be very, very bad. Yeah. And you don't want to be close 
up yeah. with other people. But yeah, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting looking in the future. I mean, I I get the whole argument for like the like I believe ultimately all land should be private, and I believe that because it's gonna be taken care of better and. I don't believe there's such thing as actual public land. I think that's bullshit, but um, it for the time being, it is pretty nice Yeah, to just be able to do whatever you want. It's Somebody's going to make a lot of money turning BLM land into ranches. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I miss working on a ranch. I don't miss cows, though. You ever been around cows? Not much cows specifically. I, I worked for a guy who had a rice farm for a, quite a while, and he had cows also, but I never did anything with cows. A rice farm? Mm-hmm. That must have been somewhere interesting. In Texas, like South Texas, like basically on the coast. Oh. So they would like flood the fields and grow rice, and then part, that- of, part of my job was to uh, shoot all the pigs that came through and ate all the shit, and then... Uh, like the there was certain like right when they were harvesting like the birds would just come in like fucking crazy like crazier than uh like they could keep off with these like cannons and shit and so like it was actually worth it for them to pay some you know little fucking retard like me you know five bucks an hour or whatever to like shoot birds off the field for like these like these like a few day period right before they harvest it like with a shotgun uh usually what usually no usually sks because it's like you're not gonna fucking hit them, and so it's just like shooting over big oh, giant groups of them, just scaring them. But I would also ways. kill a bunch of them with a twenty two or sh- like I had a, I would he would give me a little jeep to drive around, and so I would have like a twelve gauge in there, a twenty two, and then SKS. So SKS, oh. for anybody doesn't know, is just like an absolute piece of shit AK forty seven. That sounds like a fun job. Yeah, but I still yeah. have that SKS too. I paid like seventy five bucks for it. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like the the noise shoot scares off the animals. Yeah. But and it's like while you're out there, you just fucking shoot anything out there. So it's like shooting birds off, and then a hog runs by. It's like oh, he gets it too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's important for us as the state and the cathedral burns to like really enjoy it and celebrate it yeah. and have fun with it. Cause Watch like, the cathedral burn. It's yeah. gonna be fun. Yeah, it's already fun. We need to make lots of memes. I need to make some more anime. Maybe I should make a Justin Trudeau anime video. Absolutely blatant disrespect and mockery Mm -hmm. is the appropriate response. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, that... Did you see the ad that that guy... um, I haven't seen any of the Super Bowl ads. Okay. So this one created a lot of controversy. So there's a guy running against Mark Kelly in Arizona. Okay. And he, like, created a Western ad, like a gunslinging ad, where he... um, it's like Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, and Mark Kelly. And uh, they have like a standoff, and he takes his gun and like shoots uh, the weapons out of their hands. And so he doesn't like shoot them. And then they, wa- they like run away kind of pathetically at the end. But I thought that was great. I thought yeah. that was hilarious. I mean, I wouldn't mind if he hit Mark Kelly, but. Yeah, sounds like a good commercial. I don't know. Mark Kelly uh, actually proposed one of the most logical bills I've I've ever seen. Doesn't he? He lives in Tucson, right? Yeah, I'm like ninety five percent sure I know exactly where he lives. Yeah, you're not too far from him. But yeah, he uh, uh, he proposed to suspend the federal gas tax. 
So that mean gas instantaneously would be like 18 cents cheaper a gallon. And that would mean food prices would go down. Yeah. It's like, and man, somebody's actually like thinking. And more and more burr, you know? Yeah, more burr. He's, yeah, that's a good accelerationist move. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. But I saw that and I couldn't laugh. But, but yeah, I mean, just like there's a guy named Paul Gosar or something like that. He's the house rep that made like an anime video of him go like, have you seen the show Attack on Titan? It's like an anime show. Um, he, uh, it caused quite the stir uh, with this anime video of uh, him like hitting uh, AOC and Nancy Pelosi with swords, and I mean, just politicians like using the imagery of violence against each other. Yeah, kind of warms my heart. That's what we need. We need them to fight each other. Mm. It's like, when, like fuck you. Don't get involved. Like, don't don't stick your neck out. Like, stay home and feed your kids or whatever. But no, we want them fighting each other. Like, no, if both of your enemies want to go at each other and you're like, fuck, I'm going to fuck who wins. Like, you guys just get after it. Yeah, it's very beautiful. It's amazing because they try to make it this big thing. Um, they try to make it a big media stink. And yeah. It's just stupid, but it's very entertaining at the yeah. same time. And I think this is kind of like... When they go after each other and fight in these immature ways, it's very it's them showing their cards too of just how you know fickle and stupid they are. Well, and and that power is the only language they actually understand, mm -hmm. the, the only language. And so, yeah, yeah, that was my favorite Super Bowl ad, and I think that was the only one that I really paid attention to. I mean, this is something like about the sports ball. <laughs> I, I think there's something. To sh you know, there's a direct correlation between how blue-pilled you are and how many advertisements you're willing to watch. Like, I feel like yeah. the more red-pilled you are, the less tolerant you are of watching these stupid ads. Yeah. My, my uh, kid was like three and a half before he ever saw his first commercial, and it wasn't even anything on purpose. <laughs> like, we just don't watch that shit. Like, it wasn't even a... Yeah, I don't know. Like, we were, we were at the grandparents one time, and uh, he was watching some show, and... The you know it switched to toothpaste or whatever, and he goes, "Oh, could you please change it back? I don't want to watch that." You know, whatever. And I'm like, "Oh no, but it's a it's a commercial. Your show will be back on in just a minute." And uh, he goes, "No, I, d I don't want to watch the tooth. You know, whatever. I don't know what the product was." He's like, "I don't want to watch that. I want to watch the other show." And it's this whole thing, but he just didn't understand what a commercial was. So I was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool. I wish I would have made it longer." <laughs> I love that. That's so fantastic. Um trying to think if we have anything else to talk about. Scottsdale tomorrow. Yeah. I guess I could talk a little bit about the mining conference. Yeah. It's pretty entertaining. Do you know who Paul hey, Maha Bob, guys. Appreciate it. See y'all. Yeah. See you. Have a good night. Have a good night, Rope. Have you, ever you too. I heard, heard of Paul Oakenfold. Mm, I have not. He's a B-boop artist from like the 90s. And they okay. brought him out to play B-boops. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty entertaining. Oof. That's a. I um. It's gotta be a hard life traveling around the country doing that. Whatever. I don't know what beboop is, but that stuff. It's the the songs that sound like beboop, and sometimes they have dub wubs. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
Yeah, I, I kind of got pissed at the conference uh, because I had a great time because I just worked in the booth. I got to hang out with the Swan guys a little bit. That's oh, cool. where I got this hat. I uh, got to meet Kaz, which is pretty cool. Cool dude. Yeah. Um, Kaz, get a part two with Britt Kelly out already. First one was fire. Yeah, I told him. Okay. Yeah. Get that part two out. I, I guess I'll have to go listen to part one. Uh, but that was that was a lot of fun. And I was trying to figure out how tall Mike Alfred was. <laughs> I believe he's some somebody tweeted that he's five five. I asked him in a tweet, yeah, how tall he was, and he didn't respond. Um, what a jerk! Uh, but so I went and listened to his uh, panel with two other guy or yeah, two other guys, and Dennis Porter was moderating it. Which was is there amazing. at least two billionaires on the panel? I don't think so. Wow, weird. Usually, uh, I thought he only talked to Billy. It was a very poor panel <laughs> for Mark Alford to participate in. But he was going on about the ESG bullshit. Yeah, he's into that. And his stance was the government's not going to let you use fossil fuels, so you might as well ESG. And that pissed me off. And I almost stood up during Q&A and asked him how tall he was. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's much more effective to make, like make fun of people for like things that they choose decisions they make so I don't like I fucking I hate Dan Held I hate Mike Alfred as much as anybody but I don't know I'm trying to talk about his big head or Mike Alfred being short like, I want to talk about him being a communist sympathizer because he supports ESG and Dan Held being a no original thought you know dweeb who is annoying and schedules tweets yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it deflates their ego. That's the thing that's so funny yeah. about it. Is because there's people, like, especially the cloud chasers that spend so much time and energy trying to create this persona that there's somebody important and should be listened to when they're full of a bunch of air. And there's a million plebs out there that have way more valuable things to say than they do. Um, but being short or having a big head is totally distinct from that. Well, it's just going out there and being blatantly disrespectful. It's like the same idea with politicians. Yeah. Is my stance. See, I wouldn't make fun of them for having a big head either. I would stick to like murdering children for living on the wrong side of an imaginary line and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like the same line of thought as like, why does your profile picture look like you just came yeah. for the first time? Or that makes it don't. Don't call the manager on me, Senator Karen. Yeah. Like, those are so good. Yeah. Just the blatant disrespect, I thought it was pretty appropriate. Yeah. Much better than... Uh, and, and you know, the thing about it, too, is, like, if they have a good sense of humor... Like, I'm not trying to go out there and be vicious. Yeah. You know, if they have a good sense of humor, then they can, uh, they can roll with it. So... Which I think Mark Alfred surprisingly has done more so than Dan Held because I'm blocked <laughs> by Dan Held. Yeah, so he, he blocked me for calling cracking a shit queen casino. He blocked me because I said I was really grateful for his original tweets. <laughs> but cool. Do we have anything besides Scottsdale? Scottsdale meetup tomorrow. We got Scottsdale. You know, I I need to schedule the Tucson one, but we're gonna have one this month at some point. Uh, San Diego meetup on Friday. Uh, it's on the meetup page, whatever their meetup is. I just I heard some people talking about that today. Thirty six cent kilowatt hour. Campus. Allegedly, I will be there. And by allegedly, I mean I'll be there. So show up if you're in the area. 
I can't ever live in San Diego. I can't believe that shit. Yeah. Because you pay so much for electricity. Ooh, yeah. Anti-human. Hey, either of you guys have plans to go to Uncomplicatable in Vegas in March? I'm not, hey. not going to be able to make it. Hi, guys. Hey, what's up? Oh, good. I won't leave with you. I wish I could thank you guys, but my distance is far. I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've what thought about it? going down Confiscatable. Oh. I've been talking with Mike about it, uh, but that looks like a really solid conference in yes. Vegas. It does look fun. Yeah. Yeah, he's had two of them. I've been to both, and it was definitely worth it. It felt like fifth block room in terms of uh, being a relatively small and intimate enough to have long conversations with a lot of people over several days and end up connecting with a lot of people. And it just felt good. And he's got some very good speakers. I'm sure he'll be bringing some, some, uh, some good information. Yeah. It's, uh, it's worth it if you can make it. You guys aren't far away. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So. Surfer Jim's going to be there. It's going to be a good conference. Yeah. Oh, cool. Not because I'm going to be there, but it is going to be a good conference. No, and the, actually, I, I I never went to Vegas until I went to his conference, so I've been there twice, but he has it at this place, the D Hotel, which is right on um, the Fremont Street Experience. If you guys know what that is, it's just uh, like a... I don't know, it's a, a city block long, whatever that measures. Oh, yeah. It's, it's In fact, I know what you're talking about. Like, they got, like, it's the airstreams and stuff. Well, it's got a giant curved roof that, that goes over. It goes from one side of the street to the other, all the way down, like, a, a city block, like a half a mile or some crazy long distance. Oh, wow. And the roof is lit up with a billion lights, and they project imagery all over this thing. It just constantly changes, and there's loud music the whole time. And it's like an outdoor carnival because... Huh. There's, it's, it's like an outdoor mall. People are just walking around because there's all these casinos and restaurants all along, and there's circles painted on the ground, and there's street performers everywhere. Hmm. You know, like chicks dancing, magicians, it doesn't matter, like anything. And, you know, all talking their thing, whatever, making money. And But it's like a really lively, cool environment. Like, I, for a couple of days, it's pretty cool. Uh, and, of course, just the conference is, is, is worth it. But it's, it's held in a cool place, and then there's a... It's too late now to get into it because it's sold out, but he has a steak dinner every year, and uh, and that's always good to go to. There's a whole bunch of side events. There's a poker tournament that you can enter into that stuff. It's pretty cool. And then, like I said, the conference itself is, is also quite good. Nice. Well, let's be honest here. The best uh, hotel on the Strip is Circus Circus. <laughs> I don't know much about Vegas. It's like the, It's like the worst hotel. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, bullish on uh, Arizona, bullish on uh, the downfall of the state, yeah. bullish on Zorn showing up right as we're ending the stream. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for everybody that showed up in the chat and on Spaces tonight. Have a good one.